we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. It was all started by a match. Oh boy, here we go! Are you kidding me? Out of the gates, this is not happening! By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig! Pumba, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Uh, happy 4th of July, folks. Happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. And a big shout out to, of course, all of our veterans, all of our military out there that are serving, the families that have to sacrifice and serve with them. Of course, this is happy birthday to America as well. Uh, you know, the founding of our country. Unfortunately, I don't have a July 4th themed show for you today. I don't have any patriotic music. I don't have Sam the Eagle coming out and giving you a three-hour finale focusing on all countries but mostly America. What I do have, however, is the second part of my interview with Richard and Sarah from Skywalking Through Neverland. That interview, of course, the first part of it was last week's episode, so go listen to that if you haven't heard. The second part will be coming up in just a little bit. Got some great stuff to get to, got some news to get to, some Ariel Little Mermaid casting, which is kind of interesting, some Toy Story 2 news, not 4, but 2, and we'll be talking a little bit about the Epcot changes coming up. But real quick, first and foremost, I want to give you a review on Spider-Man Far From Home. So Spider-Man Far From Home opened up uh, on Tuesday, January the 2nd. I was able to go see it uh, on a late show, and it is, uh, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make this a spoiler-free review, so we're not going to dive into spoilers, so I'm not going to tell you anything that happened. Now, it does help if you've seen Endgame, or if you're pretty familiar with what happened at the end of Endgame. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I don't want to give you the big secret at the end of Endgame, but you probably already know it by now, and if you don't, and you go to see Far From Home, you're going to know it, because it kind of kicks off with that. Uh, the story, of course, is that the uh, the five-year blip is over. Uh, the snap has happened again, and so everybody has returned back from being vanished or being dusted or whatever for what, what happened in Infinity War. They're all back now. And it actually does kind of give a fun little, little nod to what happened when people just suddenly reappeared out of nowhere. That's one of the big I don't want to say holes, but kind of one of the big uh, long-term effects of uh, of Endgame, bringing everybody back after a five-year absence, people just suddenly appearing. you know. And there's one scene where uh, there's a high school basketball game going on, and all of a sudden uh, half the band appears because that's where they were when they got dusted uh, five years ago. So Peter is still dealing with the effects of Endgame, and uh, he wants to go on a summer trip with his friends to Europe, and they're going to go on a kind of a class science trip. They're going to go tour Venice and Italy and, and uh, you know, Paris and things like that. And in the meantime, he's got himself a five- or six- or seven-step plan to tell MJ how he feels. Of course, Peter Parker, played by Tom Holland, and uh, MJ played by uh, Zendaya, a singer, songwriter, actress uh, person. And this new monster comes out called the Elemental. It's like a wind, fire, rain kind of monster. Uh, But saving the day is this character called Mysterio, coming out of nowhere, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. They kind of team up to battle the Elementals, and you know, a big battle ensues somewhere in the middle of the movie. But then things kind of go awry as more things are uncovered, secrets are uncovered, and things, again, aren't always as they seem. The first half kind of leads up to it. It kind of gives a build up to that second half. That second half is a frenzy. There's a climactic battle scene towards the end of the movie that is just bonkers all over the place, and it's it's pretty fantastic. I think Tom Holland is the best Peter Parker we've ever had. I really do. I believe he is a great 
great Peter Parker. I love Zendaya as MJ because in this movie she is, you know, she's 16 or 17 years old, uh, and her character is, and she's just awkward. So is Peter Parker, his best friend Ned, and her friend Betty. So they're all together, you know, and of course you've got Flash, the kind of the cocky kid who makes fun of Peter Parker in the first film. You know, Nick Fury is back in this one, as is Maria Hill. So they're back trying to call in some of the shots. Jake Gyllenhaal is fantastic as Mysterio. So it really all comes together to make a great film. Do I like it as much as the first one? I don't know. I love the first one, so I think I'll have to watch this one a couple of more times to kind of give that decisive which one's better. But I really liked this movie a lot. It was a great follow-up to uh, Endgame, and it was a great ending to Phase 3, which all the Marvel movies have been kind of considered in a phase. you got the first six or seven films in Phase 1, the next four or five films in Phase 2, and the last nine films have been in Phase 3. This is the wrap-up to Phase 3. So Spider-Man Far From Home is a great film. I hope you guys get a chance to go see it and I hope you enjoy it and I hope you take my recommendation. If you're a Marvel fan, go see it. Make sure you stick around for the last two credit scenes. There's one in the credits and one directly after the credits. Both are important going forward to what's happening and it does help if you've seen Captain Marvel. So if you haven't seen that, you've been toying with seeing Captain Marvel, I would go see that first and then or make sure you catch that on video or whatever and then then watch Spider-Man Far From Home and make sure you see Endgame. Uh, Endgame was re-released. I'll do a quick review on this. Endgame, Endgame was re-released to the theaters with a little extra footage. I think they're trying to go after that Avatar worldwide box office number one spot. They're about $25 million away at this point, uh, which is not a lot of money. I feel like I've spent that much money seeing Endgame over and over and over. The There's an opening, the opening scene, the opening credit with uh, one of the directors who comes out, one of the Russo brothers, who's the director. He comes out. He's a little spiel. Thank you very much. The movie starts. No changes are made to the movie itself. Everything is exactly the same. You get to the very end of it. Uh, you see the credits, these credits roll, things like that. Then they go to a Stan Lee tribute, which was a great Stan Lee tribute, by the way. Then you have two little uh, two little end scenes. One is a scene that was cut from the movie. Um, it actually takes place right where Hulk uh, and Captain America and Black Widow and Ant-Man are all at the diner. It would go right before you cut to that scene there in the diner. Finally, you get one little tidbit of Spider-Man Far From Home. You basically see the opening two minutes of Far From Home, which is kind of strange that they released a scene from a movie for Endgame that would that movie's coming out like three days after they released this scene as a part of incentive for you to go see Endgame again. Anyway, that's what to expect with Endgame. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. If you want to go see the extra footage, that's kind of all there is to it. If you're looking for something revolutionary or like a like an in like a mid mid movie scene, you're not gonna get that. Just so you know. Hey, let's get to some news. Well, howdy, folks. Let's gather around. Here's some Disney news from around these parts and around the world. Got three bits of news here for you. We'll jump into the first one. Uh, Epcot. Major changes are coming to Epcot. Well, we know the major changes are coming to Epcot. Uh, Disney has been very open about the fact they're doing something called the Gamma Project. I think that's the official name of it. And they're basically revamping Future World as a whole. We have the Guardians of the Galaxy ride coming in very, very soon. There'll be some refurbs coming up and everything. But they're actually announcing some closings. Uh, first up, the Electric Umbrella, which is a counter service close to Mouse Gear, will close 
pretty much permanently. Uh, I don't know that I, I think I've been to the electric umbrella once or twice. It's very standard fare. It's, you've got your burgers and your chicken and so on. I think somebody, Sunshine Seasons is so much better, but the electric umbrella will be closing. Mouse Gear, which is the big gift shop there, is actually going to close, but not permanently. They're going to refurb that entire building, which they really need to because Mouse Gear kind of smells funny. So they're going to put a pop-up shop there that you can get shirts and autograph books and so on uh, as you need to. The Penn Central location, which is located kind of right in the middle of Epcot, a future world. Uh, they're in front of Spaceship Earth, in front of the fountain. I'm a big pin trader, so I'm really not happy about the fact that they're going to close. However, it will reopen down at the Camera Center, which actually itself is going to be closing. Next to the Camera Center is the Art of Disney, which has very high collectibles and very expensive paintings and stuff. It's a beautiful shop to go in, although I've never been able to buy anything in there. That shop's going to close. I believe that the American Heritage Manor over in World Showcase is going to start featuring some of the, the art collectibles and things like that. But from what I understand, the Heritage Manor is actually closing and refurbing. The Fountain of Nations, which is a big fountain right there in the middle, it's going to be closing as well. So that majestic water fountain that comes up and does different different like performances during the day with the water and stuff. So all of that will go away. Interventions East will also be closed. Now, for those of you who remember and can think back, Interventions actually was a kind of a science area. They had East and West. They have two buildings there. And you go through there and there's all these little areas of educational stuff. Uh, I remember there was a waste management area. And it actually had like a fun activity to kind of go through on computer and stuff and how to do, you know, kind of teach you about waste. They had like a like a tornado area that would basically put you in a you know, like a F2 tornado or whatever. You could feel the wind and stuff. They had a fireplace and then a fire space place, not a fireplace, but they had like a fire area telling tell, tell you all about firemen and, and things like that. And, uh, they had this great sum of all fears simulator. You basically designed your own roller coaster and then you got in the simulator and you rode that coaster. It was really cool. All of that has been taken away over time, bit by bit by bit. Currently, there's only two things that are there. One is called Colortopia, and the other is called Nanu's Break. I don't know what either one of those things are, and it doesn't matter because they're going away. So, Inventions East will go away. Club Cool, which is over there by Starbucks, the, the famous Coke area featuring this line of Cokes with flavors around the world, from Greece, from Thailand, from Japan, South Africa, uh, Zimbabwe, Peru, Brazil, and, of course, Italy. Italy has what's called Beverly, and Beverly is the one that's going to be a little... Uh, you know, a little crazy. Beverly is kind of the infamous one. You want to take your friends there to try Beverly. You want to make sure people try Beverly because you know how bad it tastes and other people can try it and kind of spit it out. Uh, but that's all going to be closing. They're probably going to, well, they have said they're going to, to quote unquote, reimagine the elements of Club Cool in another area, which means they probably will have this tasting center, tasting area in another area of the park just so people can have their Beverly. I don't know that you'll see a Club Cool again. The Starbucks that is there will also be closing. It actually only opened a few years ago. I mean, I say a few, maybe five, six, eight years ago, but it will be closing as well. They're going to reopen it over in the Odyssey building, which will become an Epcot Experience Center. Are you following all this? Closing here, moving here, moving this, moving that, that kind of thing. Finally, the Epcot character spot will be closing as well. Uh, the characters will be moved out of various parts of the park. And really, the character spot was kind of just a plug-in place. It basically was part of interventions in this area they had nothing to do with, and they just put some backgrounds up put a queue line up, and suddenly you had a character spot. I think Mickey uh, Mickey will be moving over to the Imagination Center, uh, Imagination Pavilion. I think they're going to build him his own little little meet-and-greet area. They may build it for other characters too, but for right now he's going to go to the Imagination Pavilion. Goofy will go somewhere in the park as well. Daisy Duck will go to the American Adventure. Minnie Mouse will move over to the World Showcase gazebo uh, right there in front of World Showcase as you're walking down the ramp from Future World. is that big walkway in, uh, over the water. 
the gazebo is right there, which, which during Food and Wine Festival, you see Duffy the Bear, he's there a lot, but Minnie Mouse will be there. Joy and Sadness from Inside Out, they reportedly will be moving to a new location. I hope they will, because I do like Joy and Sadness quite a bit, and I really enjoy that meet and greet. So they hopefully will be moving as well. Baymax apparently will be gone at the end of this year. I don't know that he will survive the uh, survive the moves, and I don't know that he will have any more uh, meet and greets at Disney World other than maybe special events. Winnie the Pooh, honestly don't know where, where Winnie the Pooh has been meeting in Epcot, but he will be returning to Christopher Roberts' bedroom over in the United Kingdom Pavilion. That's where they used to have uh, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. My wife is a big Piglet fan, and honestly, he's probably my favorite of the Pooh characters. You would go through the, the United Kingdom shop where you buy all the soccer jerseys and all the, the shields and the swords and things like that. At the very back, they had Christopher Roberts' bedroom, and that's where Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, sometimes Eeyore, sometimes Rabbit, sometimes Tigger, they were all back there. And that's kind of where he should be, so I'm hoping that remains. Now, all of this stuff will start happening September 7th. A lot of these things will close. Interventions and Club Cool and the Penn Central, um, you know, Electric Umbrella, all those close September 7th. So September 8th, from there on out, will be closed. Uh, I believe that Mouse Gear will close towards the end of the year. The Character Spot will start closing towards the end of the year. Of course, Disney can change any of the stuff that they want and change the dates on any of the stuff that they want, but that's what we know for now. Illumination's Reflections of Earth, of course, will have its final performance on September 30th and on October 1st will be replaced by a brand new new show, a fireworks show there. And I don't remember the name of it, but it sounds like it'll be cool. Next up, Ariel has been cast for the live-action Little Mermaid, and it's a young lady named Halle Bailey. She's a singer-songwriter. She's part of the duo Chloe and Halle, and I can tell you that I'm old. I've never heard of Halle Bailey. I've never heard of Chloe and Halle. Um, but on the on the pictures I see, she looks lovely. She is, of course, an African-American young lady. And I bring this up because, of course, that's the direction that Disney is taking. They're going to put her as Ariel. Now, the funny thing is that Halle Berry was the one that's kind of been getting some of this because actress Halle Berry, who's like 50 or 55 or how old she is, she's still beautiful, but she's not 20 anymore. And so when I first read the uh, read the tr- read the tweet, I read it as Halle Berry as cast as Ariel, and I had lots of questions, and I had no idea what was going on. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. Actually, it's Halle Bailey. Uh, Jacob Tremblay and Aquafina uh, are being considered for the roles of Flounder and Scuttle, and Melissa McCarthy is in talks to play Ursula the Sea Witch, who turns Ariel human and in process steals her voice. That's going to be coming out sometime in the next two years. The songs and everything are being done by Lynn Manuel Miranda. He's doing the lyrics, while Alan Menken is returning. He's the one who did the original Little Mermaid. He's returning to do the film's new music, so it should be fun. Now, for those of you people out there who don't know how they feel about uh, this young lady being cast as Ariel, I don't know. You have to pick a side. There are two sides to these live-action films. One is the side that says, uh, you know, Disney is just going straight by, you know, shot by shot with the movie, with the animated film. They need to take some risks, need to take some chances, give us a different film. Don't just give me the same thing live-action. Cinderella had this problem because that's kind of a, was kind of a shot-for-shot, you know, uh, remake uh, of the live-action. Personally, I was a big fan of Cinderella. I love Lily James and Kate Blanchett, so it worked for me, but people were complaining about that. However, a lot of those same people will also say Disney is taking too many chances. They've changed the film up too much, and it's gone away from the original story. I don't know why they can't just tell the story like it is. That also happened with something like Maleficent, which was the Sleeping Beauty rendition told from the story of of Maleficent herself. I don't know where Disney's going to go with this little mermaid, but I'm intrigued by this. I cannot wait to see this. I I trust Disney when it comes to this. So far, their live-action films have been pretty good. Beauty and the Beast was good. Cinderella was good. Maleficent, I thought, was great. Loved Aladdin. So, you know, Lion King's coming up, and reports are that it's actually really good. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not going to judge this until I see it. I'm excited about this. I love the direction that Disney is taking. I think it's cool. They're going a different different direction. And as long as the story is good, who cares who Ariel is? I want the story to be good, and I want the, the, the movie to be good. So that's just my take on it. Finally, here's a little bit of fun trivia for you. Toy Story 2. Now, this is one of the movies that, uh, and, and several of these movies have this. Toy Story 1 and 2, I think, has it. And I believe that uh, Bugs Life and uh, Pixar would put in bloopers at the end. By bloopers, you actually would see the Toy Story characters messing up their lines or getting a getting a scene wrong or something. And they would all laugh, you know, just like regular bloopers like you would see in regular films. Well, in one of these, it's a scene where in Toy Story 2, Woody has just convinced Jesse to come with him to, to Andy's room. Bullseye's coming as well, and they turn to the prospector and say, hey, prospector, you know, why don't you come with us? And they oh, they turn the box around, and he's out of the box. He's over there by the vent. He's closing the vent up so they can't escape. That's the movie. Well, the blooper itself, they spin it around, and there is Prospector standing there with two Barbie dolls inside the box talking about how he can parts in Toy Story 3, and he's patting their hand. You guys are, you guys are twins. It's funny, but it's a little inappropriate, and it's something I've never thought about. Well, I bring all this up because Disney is going to remove that scene from all further issuings of, of Toy Story, the Toy Story films, uh, when they re-release them on 4K, Blu-ray, uh, Digital HD, and DVD. All of those, that's going to be missing from it. Now, my kid loves Toy Story. He is obsessed with Toy Story right now. So I have seen Toy Story 2 every day for the last, I can't remember how long. Uh, we have it on DVR. We, we recorded it off the cable channel Freeform. And I was watching it today, actually, and I actually made attention to the blooper, the little bloopers and stuff. They have four or five little bloopers at the end. This one's not in there, so this is something that's already been taken out. Some of the uh, some of the airings on there. Uh, I'm gonna play you the clip real quick. This is what the clip actually is in the movie, and I'll be honest with you, listening to the clip itself, it's a little uncomfortable. So this is what it sounds like. Bully. Okay. Good boy. Prospector, how about you? And so you two are oh. absolutely identical. <laughs> You know, I'm sure I could get you a part in Toy Story 3. I'm sorry. Are we back? Oh, all right, girls. Lovely talking with you. Yes, any time you'd like some tips on acting, I'd be glad to chat with you. All right, off you go, then. I mean, personally, I'm not a guy who's all PC and all into political correctness and so on and so forth. But I'm okay with them taking that out. That was a little weird. I just wanted to play that full clip for you guys. So that's going to be happening to Toy Story 2 upon the further reissues. Taking out that little scene, I'm okay with it. So that's your spots of news right there for you. And let's uh, turn our attention now to the second half of our interview with Richard and Sarah. Again, we talk all kinds of stuff, and the interview was was over an hour long. So last week was the first part of the interview. This week is the last part of the interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Again, I, I, I mean, I brag on these guys so much. I love Richard and Sarah and how great they are. Skywalking Through Neverland is where they're from. That is their uh, that is their podcast and their empire, their podcasting network, the Skywalking Network. And we talk, uh, uh, we find out what Rich's rides are that he will not ride in Disneyland as we talk about the Disneyland good, bad, and magical. We're going to jump in where we left off. We're going to talk about the Matterhorn. We'll get into the rides and stuff. We'll talk about some of the food. And of course, we'll talk about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So here we go. Enjoy. Uh, Mr. Toad, you guys have Mr. Toad too, and we are missing Mr. Toad, which it's not so much that it's a great ride itself. It's just the fact that it's one of the old school rides that you know we don't have anymore. Um, for oh, me, yeah. Fantasyland is just magical overall because there's so many of those rides that are so historical when it comes to Walt Disney himself and you know putting some of those rides in and creating all of that is just amazing. Uh, the one thing I don't like is the Matterhorn. 
your mm-hmm. Matterhorn is our version of Space Mountain, where it's rickety and it's a single like single seat thing where you're sitting like behind somebody and in front of somebody, and it's just you get off of it. And I call it an age indicator, as in if you get off of it, you realize how old you actually are because everything. <laughs> And just, it's, I'm not a fan of the Matterhorn. I, I will not ride it unless I have to in some sort of challenge or something. But it's just a little much for me. Yeah, same. same. The Matterhorn is our bad because, like, I don't have a bad back at all. Like, I'm, I'm pretty healthy, but my back always hurts yeah. if I get off that ride. So, yeah, that's yeah. one of two rides we always avoid, avoid at Disneyland. Yeah. What's the other one? Are you allowed to say? Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain. Oh, we'll get to Splash Mountain in a minute then. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll get to it next section because we're walking over to Frontierland, which is where we find Tom Sawyer Island. Uh, uh, we find, you know, Fantasmic is there, the Columbia Riverboat, the Mark Twain Riverboats. So two boats, which I didn't even realize was two boats until I was there. Um, you know, Big Thunder oh. is there as well. And well, Splash Mountain's in, oh, that's in Critter Country. So we'll get to that next. But uh, uh, Frontierland is, is, it's wonderful. It's, it's a great yeah. little area. Yeah, we love Frontierland. We love uh, the Big Thunder Mountain, of course. That was always my traditional favorite ride as a kid. And there was this one street uh, that was very, like, windy in my neighborhood. Right. And so, like, after we got back from a trip to Walt Disney World, I'd tell my mom, okay, mom, let's do the ride. So she would pretend she was, like, the Frontierland, Big Thunder Mountain, like, like person. You oh, know? fun. At the beginning of the ride, and now we're going to be doing pull on your hats and glasses. <laughs> Get ready for the wildest ride in the wilderness. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's probably my good. Uh, yeah, I don't know my my bad. Well, so Frontierland, you think that Fantasmic is part of it? Well, that's what it says on the Disneyland map. It says Frontierland oh, okay. Fantasmic. So I just went, I'm just going well, with that. So front. Well, then Fantasmic is our magical. I'm going to speak for Richard here. Right. because okay. that's like well phantasmic is just an amazing show i love it so much and so much so that we've you know used the music for our show skywalking right. through neverland and so every time actually we hear phantasmic as we're walking around the park uh we're always like hey it's our, it's our <laughs> show hey hey skywalkers yeah. and welcome to skywalking through, through neverland. neverland yes it's there's a, there's a couple of shows that use that particular music but i love that music i love listening to it and i just you know you hear it and it's like you're just kind of Wait, someone stole the music that we stole somebody did exactly well, i think you, <laughs> the person you stole it from they stole it back and so it's a never-ending circle that uh, just goes around and around which is fine oh. so yeah okay. I, I, I i'm not worthy of the skywalking through neverlanders so therefore i didn't try to use it uh i had to use something else because i was like i just i can't i can't try to live up to skywalking it's just not going to work i don't want people comparing me to them and you know it's just too much (laughs) (laughs) well what's your good and bad well for me the good of course is big thunder it's a fun ride i love the fact it's a longer ride uh it's not like a two minute ride or something it lasts a little bit longer than that it's just to me it's fun um the magical overall i agree with you guys on phantasmic but i would probably will say the riverboats are really cool Mm. And again, having done all these things in May, though some of the things I have not done until I did had to do them in May as part of the challenge. And so, you know, we got to go downstairs and I think it was the, uh, uh, is it the, I forget which boat it is that has the, the downstairs part where you walk through the bottom part of it. You can see kind of the bunks and the setups and the cannons. Oh, are there and that kind of thing. I believe that's the Columbia. Okay. That's just cool. I just think that's mm. super cool. Um, and so I, I guess it, for, for me, Frontierland, all, the whole thing is kind of wrapped up in magic for me because I don't really have a, a bad. Uh, there's not yeah. a whole lot there that either I did and I can say it was bad or that I, that I just didn't like. I mean, I just I thought Frontierland was fantastic. So I'm going to skip yeah, that. For us. It's good. It's bad that I'm not there and I'm not going there tomorrow like you guys are. Um, 
All right, so walking over Frontierland, let's walk over to Critter Country. We'll work our way back from there. Uh, three basic things. you got Splash Mountain. you got the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And, of course, the Davy Crockett's Explorer's Canoes, <laughs> which, again, I did not know much about the canoes until I was riding them. When I say riding, I mean I was rowing my own boat. Um, I did not expect that. I get in there, they hand me an oar, and I'm like, I paid a lot of money for this ticket, and I have to do my own work? What is this? And you do. You have to do your own work. And I was talking to a cast member about it, and she, she told me, she said that you know people get out there, they stop rowing, the boat just sits there. And they have ways to kind of move the boat along if they need to, but really the boat's movement is dependent on people using those oars to row. For me, that was kind of bad, because halfway through it, I'm sweating, and I'm hot, and I'm like, how can I get off this canoe? I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm like, it's like going to the melting pot fondue restaurant where you pay all that money and they make you cook your own food. I'm just not having it. I'm just not into it. Can't do it. Can't Sarah, do it. I think we did that for the first time not too long ago. You did. Our first I've... and only time. Well, <laughs> you guys don't like it. I love the canoes. I think it's so much fun. And actually, when I was in college... Sarah likes manual labor. Yes. I guess. When I was in college, a, a bunch of our friends, we would go down on the weekends and we would do the Disneyland fitness tour and you'd start with the canoes and you'd go on the canoes and then you'd walk up to Tarzan's tree house, you know, walk up, walk down. Then you'd walk the whole queue of Indiana Jones. Cause that, that thing is like half mile long. Right. And then you, you'd get over to interventions when it was still there and you'd play dance, dance revolution. And then you got a, you got a great dance, workout. Dance revolution. That's fantastic. <laughs> You're showing your age. I am now. That was like 20 years ago almost. Well, I'm I'm Nintendo PowerPad. That's my that's my mat of choice when it comes to uh, uh you know to movement and stuff. I was on I was really good on the track and field Nintendo you know whatever 32 bit system with a PowerPad in front of me and the power glove in my hand. That's my video gaming talking right. Unless there. you're talking Atari 2600, I've got no idea what you're what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. You're now my age. <laughs> and so yeah, um, for for Critter Country for you guys, what do you what do you think? I know you said Splash Mountain wasn't your favorite is it just because right. you get wet or i just don't like a ride where you get soaking wet yeah. and and the ip is like so old and the movie that it's based on like disney has completely scrubbed from the record right which is song of the south yeah 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 and, <laughs> so, and so it's like what what's you know, the point they need to retheme that you thing. know what i didn't know that until right now wow oh, that's have, hilarious. avoid that I don't even, it's, it's white noise. It's when I, walk bear, by it, I, don't, I don't even see it. Mm-hmm. I just look right through it. So I, I've never known it was based on Song of the South. Yeah. Because I've never, ever gone on that. <laughs> well, I think you've gone on once, I no? Do, I don't think I ever, ever right. have. And you know what? I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> I don't like a, a ride when you're, you get wet and the water I'm sure is clean, but mentally I'm just thinking, what, where has this water been? I, I don't know, but I don't want it on me now. Yeah, you probably don't want that at all. It, it, in it, it, uh, Disney World, I, in the Disney World community, it is one of those things where if they took out Splash Mountain, there would be riots. Splash Mountain is up there with Big Thunder, with Haunted Mansion, with Pirates. It's, it's, it's an untouchable. Obviously, Walt Disney said the parks will never be completed, so who knows what Disney will decide to do, and they'll just deal with it. In terms of the, the Disneyland community, would there be riots like that if Splash Mountain at Disneyland was taken out? Or is it yeah. one of those- Not by this guy. Not by this guy. <laughs> no, but there would be. And, and- Anytime there's a change, there's always grumbling. There's always, I mean, Galaxy's Edge had a whole segment of Disney fans up in arms. Like, it should be its own separate gate. Blah, 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 blah. Shouldn't be in Disneyland. A popcorn cart was moved three degrees and there were riots. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) message boards lit up and Twitter went and melted down. So that's the way. Absolutely. The five freeway was backed up. 
dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> right. Good job, Peter Bingman. Um, <laughs> what, what, like with, with Splash Mountain, it is one of those rides that people love. I remember when, uh, when Maelstrom at, in Norway at Epcot closed down, people went crazy. But it was a ride that hardly anybody went on. Like, I think I've been on the ride maybe twice, maybe three times in, you know, 20 visits to Disney World. I just never went on it. And so people are crazy about it. And I'm like, if this many people rid- had actually ridden the ride on a regular basis, it wouldn't be shutting down. Uh, right. Splash Mountain, though, I think is a little bit different. I think that's one of those really popular ones that uh, it's just too much. Uh, I have a – the only issue I have with Winnie the Pooh is that's – uh, that's the one that cost us getting the two extra rides, the challenge that we did in May. Uh, uh-huh. A snafu involving Winnie the Pooh. We didn't ride it at the right time. We had to take an extra 30 minutes at night to ride it, which cost us that extra time to finish up the challenge. So I have a little something against Winnie the Pooh, not Pooh's fault, just because he inconvenienced me because we made the wrong decision. So, But the Winnie the Pooh ride? The Winnie the Pooh ride. Best air conditioning of any ride <laughs> but it, in Disneyland. It's stuck way up there in the corner. You got to really you got to really work to get there. But the air conditioning is well worth it. That's true. You that will true. never be the same afterwards. Well, and now it's on its way to Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> oh, that's right cuz they opened that up so you can just walk around the corner. Very good. Yeah, yeah back yeah. then it was kind of shut off, so that's really good to know. So, all yeah. right, so coming down to New Orleans Square, of course we've got Pirates, we got the Railroad again and the Haunted Mansion. Um mm. uh, I don't know that I have a bad about any of those three. Uh, I love the pirates. I love the haunted mansion. I like our pirates a little bit better. I like uh, your haunted mansion. I think I like your haunted mansion better, but I like our facade better. If I had to compare the two, um, I think that's a magical area and throw in the beignets and it's just, I know that's food. We'll talk about food in a minute, but really that's a magical area for me. I think I think we have to agree with you, uh, except for pirates. Our pirates is better. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's longer. Sorry, David. You, you can take a nice nap on that thing. <laughs> True. And and like if it's hot out, you can go in and just like chill out and take yeah take a nap. Like that's a good nap ride. Is but, me, is Jack Sparrow in your in, in your pirates? Yes. Okay, he's there gotcha. three times. Gotcha. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Could not yeah. remember. It's and at, at the like, time he was like the pinnacle of all animatronics. Right. Yeah. And. Wow. Now, not so much. This is like 1931. <laughs> well, also, has the real Jack Sparrow shown up in your Pirates ride over there? I think it's there? happened once, I believe. Uh, really? I know it's, it's happened, happened multiple times. Yeah, multiple times in Disneyland. It's happened yes. once over here. Of course, oh. yeah, this past weekend at our Hollywood Studios, we had Keanu and Tim Allen and uh, Annie Potts and Tom Hanks all at Hollywood Studios doing something for Toy Story 4. So we have that going for us, so that helped. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, has Mark Hamill ever showed up on your Star Tours? Mm? No, but he. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he's contractually obligated to show up for Galaxy's Edge in September for us. So uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So over here in Adventureland is our final land before we get to the big one, which is Galaxy's Edge. And Adventureland, you got the Tiki Rooms, the Jungle Cruise, Indiana Jones Adventure, and the Tarzan Treehouse. Now. I'm kind of a fan of the treehouse. I like the walkthrough. I do. I know it's a lot of steps. It's a lot of movement up and down and so on. And you got to really do it whenever you're, uh, whenever you're, you know, whenever you're rested because it's a lot of walking. But I, I kind of like that treehouse. I think it's different. I think it's fun. Over here we have Swiss Family Robinson, so it's kind of themed differently, but same concept. Mm. I, I'm kind of a fan of that. And of course, I love the Jungle Cruise. I completely love the Jungle Cruise. Um, and this, in terms of bad, this may have changed because I'm, I'm hearing maybe it has. So you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but. The last time I've gone to the Tiki Room, which the Tiki Room is fine. I end up falling asleep every time. But (laughs) 
the only place they sold Dole Whip was right there in that little corner. So you had this mass chaos hysteria of people trying to get in the tiki room, people trying to get Dole Whips, some trying to do both, some unfortunate people caught in the middle trying not to do either one of them, all just in the big, just chaotic mess. Do they, is that still the only place you can get Dole Whip there, or they, have they opened that up around somewhere else? Yeah, so they have fixed that. Oh, in good, fact, good. at certain times, for one thing, they've widened that whole walkway. It was called Project Stardust, like to widen walkways and to lower curbs so that right. people with strollers could go everywhere all around Disneyland to, to kind of prep for Galaxy's Edge. And so they widened that whole walkway area. And the place where you can get Dole Whip originally, you can still get them there, but at certain hours of the day, they will not tolerate a line. They say it's mobile order only. Makes sense. So, okay. And then you have to pick them up on the inside of Tiki Room, like in the waiting area of Tiki Room. Right. Um, so that keeps that clear. And then around the corner, what used to be Aladdin's Oasis is now the Tropical Hideaway. And there you can get flavored Dole Whip and you Ooh. can get loaded Dole Whip like Dole Whip with Pocky sticks and like a bunch of stuff on top, like coconut and even bacon, bacon bits on it, <laughs> uh, which is actually surprisingly good. Bacon makes anything better. Yeah. And, and you can also get some uh, buns. What are the bow? Bow buns bow. Yeah. there too. Yeah. I wonder if you ate bacon while going on Splash Mountain, if that would work. Would that make that ride better? Bacon makes anything better. Although yeah. I, know. I know that Wendy's has a bacon Sunday. Um, Whoa! You can ask for, but the la- and I don't know if they still have it. They had it a few years ago when bacon was kind of the height of popularity. We're really hitting its stride. Uh, and really, all it was was like a chocolate a chocolate frosty, and they just shoved two pieces of bacon on the side, like in, like two oh. whole sticks of bacon. They just kind of shoved them in there. And I'm like, I just paid like a dollar extra or two to extra for you to put two pieces of bacon badly cooked just on the side of the thing and they're like yeah here you go so wow. there you go with wendy <laughs> all right tomorrow we're gonna test this out we're gonna have bacon while going on splash mountain okay see if that Do works it. well that means you're gonna get on splash mountain that's fantastic but if i'm eating bacon that that will uh, even it out yeah and exactly. then take the bacon on the matterhorn ew <laughs> Mm, I'm like a jam down my throat. Well, whoever's in front, like, just hold the bacon up, and it'll just basically shimmy its way to the whoever's behind you. And so that's the way Matterhorn works. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts on Adventureland? I know, uh, just I know Ooh. it's not a whole lot there, but uh, well, the Indiana Jones. Oh right well, there. Indiana Jones. I mean, my first souvenir from Disneyland uh, when I was in college was the Indiana Jones hat. I was so excited to have that, and I was so excited to go on Indiana Jones because I believe it's the only disney theme park that has that ride yes i believe so yeah i mean i know dinosaur in in animal kingdom is like the same it's same track right ride i'm not a fan of the dinosaur in animal kingdom it's okay i mean it's it's a fun ride but i like indiana jones better uh which all this conversation makes it sound like i like disneyland better i'm a disney world homer and i will defend it to my dying day but you know, and talking about some of these things specifically, I'm like, yeah, I like Andy better. I like your, this one better. I like <laughs> Disneyland's better on that. So, yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, we love all the rides over there. You know, like uh, Indiana Jones. We've got the Jungle Cruise. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, it's just a nice, a nice area. And it's usually very shady. Yes, that's important too. Uh, yeah. That is really important. So, so now we're gonna. Well, let's before we get to Galaxy's Edge, let's. Talk, I want to talk about food real quick. Just kind of a good, bad, okay. magical, and food as an overall. You can throw up your talking points or whatever. Um, like mm-hmm. I love a good corn dog, uh, and I've had some, and I can't tell you where, but I've I know I've had some great corn dogs in Magic Kingdom that are fantastic. Churros in Magic Kingdom 
are at Disneyland are amazing. At Disney World, they're more just of a, it's a churro. It's kind of a cool thing. Let's eat a churro. Whereas, like, it's a religion in Disneyland. Uh, churros <laughs> are everywhere. I, I don't know. I haven't eaten enough in many places to give you a bad, but uh, I like the food at Disneyland. I'm sure you guys could probably throw in some specifics, you know, about some places there at Disneyland to eat and to mm. miss. Yeah. I mean, we the food overall in Disneyland is really, really good. Uh, it's hard to narrow down something. I mean, like, in terms of dessert, I think magical. Like, once every year, we'll, we'll go to the Gibson ice cream parlor <laughs> during Christmas time and get the cone with the peppermint flakes and then the peppermint ice cream, and it's chocolate-covered, and oh, oh. Because at Christmas time, calories don't count. Exactly. That sounds amazing. So that would be magical for me. Uh, Jolly Holiday Bakery is always fun to check out because they always have fun bakery items in there. They and have then good Rich- food there. Yes, they really do. And then Richard and I like for an actual meal, Rancho del Zocalo is one of our favorites okay. because it's very filling and it'll last you. Know, it'll last you like you know half the day at it's least. One of those few places you walk out and you're ready to move on to the next attraction, or some places after dinner you want dinner too. Right? Exactly. You, you just don't get enough. Yeah, well, and that's that's a Mexican themed, you know, yummy. There, there's a place in Critter Country, Harbor Gallery, and we mm. I passed it several times. Um, it's good and bad. It, it it's good because it looks good. Lobster roll, and you got salads. You got the soup and the bread bowls. The, I love clam chowder. I love chowder anyway. So clam chowder looks really really good. The bad would be I didn't try any of it because I'm like I can't eat that and then walk around the park in the hot blazing sun for the next uh. seven hours. It just it would, I would die. That would it would hurt me. Uh, they had like macaroni in a bowl and stuff, and it looks so good. But I'm like I I need to come back here at like eight o'clock at night, right before it closes, and get some of that when I'm ready to walk back to my room because that just would that would kill me. I could not <laughs> handle that. And then hey, let's go ride Space Mountain. Nope, can't do it. Cannot do it at all. So yeah. All right, so let's okay. talk about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Now, I don't have any, any experience with Galaxy's Edge. I only know what I've seen, what I've heard, watched the videos. I've heard you guys talk a lot about it. You know, like I said, I've referred to your latest episode about that. and you know, I've seen a lot of videos online and such. And so I guess you don't have to give good, bad, magical. Just kind of give, if you want to give an overview of Galaxy's Edge, what can people expect? What is, what is great and wonderful about it? I know, Rich, you said that the, the, the Millennium Falcon ride was a little disappointing. Um, you know, and you don't have, you can go as much detail if you want to, but then you said it wasn't quite as, as thrilling as you wanted it to be. So I'm going to kind of let you guys kind of just take it for a minute. Well, the magical part is that, is that you're walking into a Star, Star Wars, Wars film. Yeah. You're walking in there and everyone is part of that adventure. You talk to the cast members and they don't know anything of the outside world. They just know of Batu, And Which it's so cool. interesting to hear their stories and their perspectives. And you see the life-size one-to-one ratio Millennium Falcon. Oh. That cements the deal right there yeah that this is a ship that you've been watching for me up on the big screen for 42 years right and now it's tangible now you can touch it and 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 lick it <laughs> and you can go inside the cargo hold and it's it's like wait a minute didn't luke skywalker stand right here this is where han solo sat and this is where han and leia had their first kiss you go around the yes. corner ah! so everything there is just magical you see the the first order troopers—they're walking around. They're not just doing photo ops, but they're mm-hmm. looking for resistance spies, resistance sympathizer. So there's stories going on right in front of you. Vi Marati is is the resistance spy, and she's been seen in a couple of Star Wars books, like the book Phasma, 
right. and another couple of books coming up like Black Spire. Mm-hmm. Well, this character is from there, and now that character has leapt from the page to reality. Yes. So there's things going on all around you. You don't. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a passive place at all. And you can be as much or as little part of the story as you want to which is super cool. Like you can, you can talk to the, the two residents, which are the cast members and get their backstory, or you can help the first order try to find the resistance spy. Like it's up to you to do that. And it's so amazing. Yeah. And what you were saying about the Millennium Falcon, the ride, exp- the, the queue is unbelievable. Yes. You get to see Hondo Anaka, who the animatronics is as great as everyone has been, has been saying, but then the actual ride itself, which is about three minutes and 45 seconds, it, well, I'm just waiting for a Rise of the Resistance to open. Right. This now, is not, because most of the time, you're just looking at buttons and pressing them and right. waiting for things to light up. You're not, you're not really, you, you can't, what you want to do is you want to watch outside of the cockpit and see what's going on, but you can't do that and press the buttons at the same time because it doesn't work. Well, after, after you know, probably your seventh or ninth or twelfth time you guys ride it you will know where the buttons are so you'll be able to do it and still like like playing piano you'll just hands will move over with all the keys all the levers and stuff and you'll still be able to watch everything so for you guys you know it'll it'll eventually get there i think that uh i think to see that now tell us a little bit about who is hondo now i'm sort of familiar with the character i know where it comes from but when people hear that they're like i thought hondo was a car what is that so <laughs> hondo, why should we care that he's in the millennium falcon ride so in Star Wars The Clone Wars series, which is a TV series uh, that came out in 2008. Yes, the animated series. Animated. Right? Uh, Hondo is a character that originated in that series, and he's like a smuggler. He's a scoundrel. A scoundrel. He's, but he's got a winning personality, yeah. so you can't hate him. So he's part of the underworld, but he can charm the pants off of a Gundark, of a Gundark or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so he, but he's, and he's always very concerned with money. And like making money. He's a pirate. Yeah, he's a, exactly. He's a pirate. Yeah. So that in the Star Wars universe, he's a pirate. He's had dealings with all of the Star Wars characters that we know and love. And in the, at at Black Spire Outpost, which is what Galaxy's Edge is, he is, has set up shop there. Yeah. So he he now has a business called Onaka Transport Solutions. Yes. Where he smuggles very valuable items. Mm -hmm. And in the ride itself, he needs these he needs crew members to transport these very valuable items and that's when the millennium falcon lands with chewbacca inside and hondo says hey chewie you loan me the millennium falcon and i will give you supplies for the resistance because that's what's going that's one of the stories there is that the resistance they're setting up a base and they're trying to to stay out of the way of the first order but the resistance, it, it was just demolished in The Last Jedi. So they're trying to rebuild. And now here's Hondo saying, I, I will help you, but I just need your ship for just a little bit. <laughs> so Chewie does loan the ship out to Hondo. And that's when Hondo loads it up with the, with the guests. And then we fly the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So, so Hondo, he's, he's your sleazy car salesman type. Yes. Nice. Now, final question. What I know the Millennium Falcon is there. What other ships can we see at, at Galaxy's Ooh. Edge? What I mean, what other? I know I've I've heard seen. Oh, a Tie Fighter, X-wing fighter. I think you mentioned there was an A-wing kind of hidden off on the corner somewhere. Um, yeah, there's a Resistance X-wing, which is different than the regular Rebellion X-wing. Okay. 
and we see an A-Wing from Return of the Jedi, and that just excited me to no end. We do see a brand new ship called the TIE Echelon, mm. and this is Kylo Ren's ship. And then there's also a ship on top, like yeah. from the Millennium Falcon, you can see another ship. I'm not sure what that ship is. You mean on... Uh, like near Cargo Bay 7. Docking Bay 7. Docking Bay 7, yeah. The restaurant. That's just a shuttle. It's a, it's it's a, a new, shuttle, okay. Yeah, you see those similar designs in the new films. Okay. It's yeah, very kind of nondescript. All right. Don't know why they didn't put more of an iconic ship up there. Yeah, but then we have heard tell that once the Rise of the Resistance ride is open, uh, that there's more ships in there, including like a fleet of X-Wings. Yeah, you see Poe Dameron's black X-Wing fighter that you saw in The Force Awakens. But we have right. not seen that yet. Nice, very nice. So, okay, final question about Galaxy's Edge, and then, of course, we can throw in anything we want to, but let's just say that, that the Imagineers, they come to Skywalking, and they're like, you guys are massive, you guys are big, you're important to us because we love what you guys have to say. Uh, what changes should we make at Galaxy's Edge going forward? I mean, what, what, give, us some, give us a couple of things that we should do here at Galaxy's Edge, within reason, of course. You, you can't build a full-size full Death Star, obviously, but uh, maybe half-size. But, uh, you know, what would you tell them, the Imagineers, if they said, hey, kind of give us some advice. What, what do you want to see here, or what should we change here at Galaxy's Edge? Redesign the Millennium Falcon. Redesign, redesign the Smuggler's Run. Oh, the ride itself. Oh. Yes, yes. No, no not, not the Falcon itself. Okay, I was like, what? I'm sorry, yes, I, I, I misspoke. Yeah, redesign the Smuggler's Run attraction because you need to put the keyboards and gunner equipment in front of you so you're not looking to the side. You gotcha. want to look outside the window. That makes sense. And they originally were going to have autumn uh, robots walking around and droids, droids rolling around yeah. and creatures mingling in the streets i'd like to see that come back and i can see why they wouldn't because it would just cause a lot of commotion a lot a lot of bottlenecking but there are places like up in the ridges where you could put creatures and characters up on scaffolding where the general public can't get to but if we saw creatures and 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 droids up there working it would give the land a little bit more life and you'd live up to that promise of having, having creatures all around the city. Nice. nice. And then I, had a, I had a couple things as well. Yeah, please, please. One of them is the fireworks because of where galaxy's edge is. The fireworks are right there. They're pretty much shot off right behind galaxy's edge. So they, you can see them. And fireworks are a part of the star Wars universe. I mean, return of the Jedi, they right. show up. Uh, and so, I think it's awesome that you can see fireworks and they're going off right over the Millennium Falcon, right over the spires, but there's no music. And I feel like they could just say something in universe that would allow music to be played right. with the fireworks. They could put like, uh, my first thought was the music at the end of Phantom Menace, uh, where they're doing <laughs> the big parade. And just have yeah. maybe a larger size cast member walk out and hold something up or, you know, whatever. I like boss Nass. I think that would be, I think it'd be great. And I think you keep yeah. it there. Uh, the only thing that I, this is kind of my wish. And I've mentioned this on my previous episodes, but what I wish they would have done, and I'm sure there are a thousand reasons why this is a bad idea, but I really wish they could have done two different things at each park where you did maybe Batu at Disneyland and maybe do a Moss Eisley or something like that at Disney World 
or vice mm. versa or something else, you know, at Disney World. So that way you have to go to both to experience the whole thing. Maybe on your Disney Play app, if you're at one, it will coordinate with the other at Disney World and you get extra. I mean, I don't know. Just thinking be through cool. it, I would love to have seen make both places a destination uh, where, you know, hey, I've been to Disney World, but I cannot wait to get to Disneyland because they have this. Or, you know, yeah, I've been to, we go to Disneyland all the time, but we're trying to get to Disney World because we want to experience, you know, uh, the indoor ride or the, the, the Dagobah Swamp Show or something. I don't know. But <laughs> I think that uh, I would love, to, I wish they could have done something like that where they did both. And I can kind of understand why they wanted to keep them the same. So, so people. Well, they're going with Batu, a brand new planet, right. just so you can have your own adventure. Yeah, your right? own Star Wars story. If you went story. to Tatooine, we've seen that. We know what happens there. And you, can, you, can, you know what's going to come your way. Whereas Batu, you've got no idea. It leaves it open for much more storytelling. True. Yeah. Well, they could always come up with an original storyline of having like a, like a large space station that's capable of destroying a planet. I know that hasn't been done before. Maybe it's been talked about in some of the Star Wars movies, <laughs> but you know, just an idea, just an idea for you. <laughs> so well, so I'm, I'm sure it's very cost effective to have the same designs in both parks. Yes, that is true. Yeah, that is very true. I love your idea of having two different areas. Or something there can be different. two different outposts or right. one is Batu and one is another Maybe the moon and, of Batu, and I think that as expansion goes for both, I want. I, I'm my guess is they might make them a little bit different. Maybe if they add a third ride, they might make the rides different at each park. And if you're both in Batu, it might be harder to do. But maybe do on one side of Batu at Disneyland, but on the other side of Batu where it's hidden in Disney World. So you know, Disneyland, you wouldn't see it, but it's there. But it's hidden behind. That's the storyline. Is it's hidden behind something? I don't know. Uh, just talking. But then about. you might. This is unprecedented, but you might hear a complaint or two from a Star Wars fan that one side is getting Batu, the other coast is getting something else. So there, there, there might be a, an argument. Richard, might, I've been on Disney Twitter. People don't complain. All I, I know do that's, that's it's unprecedented. I, my 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 Twitter timeline is full of nothing but cast compliments. It's amazing. No one ever has a bad thing. Everyone loves what they get, what they get, and they don't get upset. Exactly. And that's the way it should be. <laughs> exactly. So if you guys, if, if the audience goes to skywalkingthroughneverland.com, and I'm going to give you guys a plug here, and you can kind of throw in in a second, but you know, you will see their, their website is fantastic. They got a ton of shows, not just skywalking, but Sabres and Spells, which is a Game, game of Thrones show. Is that correct? No, it's actually a geek uh, pod. Uh, what is it? A geek pop culture podcast. So gotcha. they'll be talking about a bunch of different uh, things. Gotcha. So okay. like next episode will probably be, or the next couple episodes will probably be about the Umbrella Academy. So they're right. just going to touch on a whole bunch of fun okay. stuff that they find well, interesting. The show that I want to come back is Step in Time. You guys haven't done that yeah. in two years where you were talking about Disney movies and such. And <sighs> all of a sudden you're like, you know what? You know when that show is coming back? Never. When Disney, when Disney Plus. <laughs> When Disney Plus makes all those awesome old things avail yeah. available. Last year, unfortunately, in 2018, we had some damage to our house because of a broken water line. That, mm -hmm. And that set us back for the other shows like the classic Marvel Star Wars comics right. and Step in Time, which, which they are all coming back. Don't yes. worry about that. We also have Talking Apes, which is a Planet of the Apes podcast, as well as our new pop culture podcast. Uh, podcast the culture podcast <laughs> yes culture podcast I've, I've been i've been kind of following along on that one as well you guys everybody's yeah. talking about cobra kai you guys had cobra kai stuff on which is uh which is cool and you know i i don't have youtube plus so i can't watch cobra kai even though everybody in the world i know has apparently watched it has seen it uh so mm. I, I i'm just gonna have to subscribe do a trial subscription just to see it because i'm hearing the show is fantastic 
I'm waiting yeah. for you guys to have on Billy Zapka. That's what I really want to hear. Oh. I, I don't know that he'd be that hard of a get. I kind of feel uh. like you could probably get him uh, if, with a little bit of work. I feel like you probably can get him. Uh, so, but guys, thank Perhaps. you so much for being on the show. And audience, please go to Skywalking Through Neverland on iTunes and all your podcatchers and get, well, listen to the shows, but get 251. It is a, I cannot tell you how great of a walkthrough of Galaxy's Edge it is because you feel like you're there. You feel like you're walking through. It, it's almost like, you're with a group of friends and you've got your eyes closed and they're just talking. So you're hearing everything they're saying as you're walking through it. That's kind of what it is. Cause you're not there. You can't see it, but you guys do a great job describing what's going on, giving the good and the bad, which is really cool. So uh, yeah. I encourage everybody to go to 251 and kind of listen to that and you know, pick it up from there. If you don't like Rich and Sarah after that, then you're probably not going to like them, but how could you not? <laughs> well, I do have to also say and give a plug to our YouTube channel, which right now has been skyrocketing since Galaxy's Edge of opened. Uh, because we have a lot of videos there on merchandise. So if you are looking to go in the land and like what to buy and how much you're going to need, like we have all these videos. We not only show like what merchandise is available, but like what the prices are, which people were like, that's what people were mainly asking for. So I think they like to watch our videos to plant. So also right. check out youtube.com slash skywalking through Neverland. I have a whole galaxy's edge playlist. And there. you could also talk, you could also show off all the necklaces you bought, the princess Leia necklace and things like that. <laughs> Richard, could Wait, yeah, hold on. Lights, you spent $2,000 on a necklace. <laughs> Oh, you didn't hear that part of the podcast? Ooh. Whoops. Never it, it, took, it took David to tell me this? Well, I Get told that out. on Fangirls Going Rogue. Oops. Yeah, well, there you go. Sorry about that. So, well, if you've been <laughs> Space, Splash Mountain, you would have seen it because they talked about it on there. But <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a blast talking to you guys. I'm so glad I finally got you guys on. Uh, it's been an honor for me because I know you guys are just, you guys are, you guys are great. You guys are awesome. So, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you, David. Thanks for wanting us on and having us on. And until next time, till the spire and never land on Alderaan. So how much fun was that? I love talking to them. I hope you got both sides of the interview from last week and this week, uh, hearing both parts of it. Find them online as well, skywalkingthroughneverland.com. And, of course, go to magiconadollar.com, click on the podcast tab, and you'll see, of course, their information right there under the show notes. So that is our show. I hope you guys have a wonderful 4th of July. Don't forget I have a brand-new podcast on Mondays called My Kids Got the Autism. It's an autism dad podcast about having a 7-year-old with autism uh, from a dad who has no idea what he's doing, and that's pretty much me all the way around. I don't know what I'm doing, but I have fun doing it anyway. So that is on Mondays, and I'd love for you guys to take a listen. That show and this show, and of course the Deucecast Movie Show, which is my movie podcast, uh, we're talking about um, Disney movies and future Disney films coming up. So I hope you guys uh, hope you guys take a listen on that as well. Um, so there you go. My name is David Dollar. Thank you once again for joining us. MagicalDollar.com. You can find me and, of course, all the, the interwebs and stuff. And my good friend Katrina at the very end will tell you all about that. Hope you guys have a great week. Happy birthday, America. Don't forget to thank a Phoenician. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar, Facebook at Disney on a Dollar, and of course, magiconadollar.com. See you real soon.